Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler, and my guest today is Sergio Adams. And Sergio is running for Common Council in the 7th Ward, and he's going to talk about specific issues dealing with the 7th Ward and also gun violence in the city of Albany. So, Sergio, um, you ran four years ago. Is things a lot different now for you? Yes, Yes. Me on the show. It's a pleasure to be back. Uh, but to answer your Thank question, you. uh, compared to four years ago, um, things have changed quite a bit. Um, however, uh, you know, the same fundamentals um, still apply in terms of running a campaign and um, doing certain things. Those things still apply that we have no choice but to do, door knocking, mm-hmm. phone calls, uh, media. Uh, so uh, although there has been some changes uh, compared to four years ago, um, I would say things are still going really well. Oh, that's great. Uh, from four years ago to today, do you believe that the issues are similar, or do you find a whole bunch of new issues? No, uh, unfortunately, um, the issues that a lot of us, uh, many residents here in the city of Albany, um, have been speaking about, uh, highlighting, unfortunately, majority are the same issues in 2021 that we are still facing whether we're speaking about the quality of life issues or we're speaking about the gun violence uh, like we are today, um, these issues have um, continued uh, to be placed on the back burner. Um, But hopefully, um, as we're entering this um, upcoming election year or as we're in this election year, um, we are able to get a lot of those uh, tasks uh, completed and done. Um, so, you know, I'm particularly concerned, well, I'm concerned about all the issues, but gun violence seems to be one of the more prevalent ones. Um, from your perspective, has there been gun violence in the Seventh Ward? Yes. Um, and, you know, for context, for people who aren't aware, um, We've had several incidences in the Seventh Ward over the last few years um, in regards to gun violence. Um, just this year alone, in the city of Albany, we've had 19 shootings um, since the beginning of 2021 um, that left um, several people dead and many injured. Um, so, as we're looking at the problem of gun violence um, in regards to the Seventh Ward, um, just maybe a month ago. A 23-year-old man uh, was over on my street on Park Avenue in Dove. Uh, And this was around, I believe, 10 p.m. at night. Uh, The individual was taken to the hospital. Uh, Besides that one uh, situation that was a month ago, uh, there was another incident with a person getting pulled over with an illegal handgun on Morton Avenue. Uh, as well as the um, shooting, excuse me, there was another incident on Summit Avenue um, not so long ago either. 
in regards to another illegal handgun um, being found in a person's vehicle. Um, we also had the incident, as I mentioned a few years back, that happened over in the Heldenburg neighborhood, um, I believe on Lawn Ridge, and there was a shooting over there. Um, so over the last couple of years, we've seen an increase in gun violence in our neighborhood um, throughout our ward. And um, unfortunately, uh, no one in our ward has um, said anything, addressed anything. Um, so here I am um, looking to not only speak about these issues, but also educate people about what's going on here in their neighborhood in our ward. You know, it's not only Albany. It's throughout the state and, you know, many cities all across the country that have seen an increase in gun violence. Why do you think this is happening? Well, for me, it's a, it's a, multi, it's a multi-level um, response to that level. But um, to start, I would say that um, we need to get people not only in the city of Albany, um, not only in New York State, but throughout our country um, need to understand and acknowledge the history of gun violence and the problems that we're seeing in these communities. Uh, we need to understand that the issue of gun violence um, is something that has been a generational, um, is a result of a generational um, attack on communities. Um, we need mm -hmm. to understand that black communities, black people in these communities, black and brown individuals, families, um, for generations, um, our communities have been torn apart, destroyed. Um, resources have been taken out. Um, resources have not been replaced. Opportunities have not been given. And we need to understand all those things as we look to address the gun violence and how it relates to um, things currently. So, for instance, we hear a lot of politicians and um, elected officials or whoever, community people saying, you know, um, we need more programs. We need to be able to, you know, have programs to reach these kids to save them from the streets. You know, mm -hmm. we're relating that, we're relating some of these issues to poverty uh, because of these individuals and families that don't have access to these things, but failing to realize that people that, okay, so a lot of the gun violence that we're seeing is a result from several things. Either um, it's a result of gang violence and gang retaliation. It's a result of drugs in our communities, our cities. comes down to people having access to guns and are deciding instead of speaking or having um, – some type of conversation to resolve their issues, they're solving it with guns. So we need to understand that people in these situations that are facing poverty, yes, they started to sell drugs or get into these lifestyles because of poverty, but we need to also mm -hmm. understand that poverty is just one part of it. At this point, you have kids who are growing up, as I mentioned, in generational situations where 
you know, their father, their uncles, they're all in jail. The other members of their family that they've seen, uh, maybe, you know, their parents didn't graduate high school. So you have a mother raising several kids uh, with a high school degree. And so you have her depending or dating other men uh, that are selling drugs or doing anything just to get by. And that's how some of our families and people in our neighborhoods are living. They have, they have a mentality of survival, doing whatever it's needed to survive. And so because of that mentality, it is hard for us to break that cycle of, okay, well, um, this 14-year-old boy, you know, we want to save him, so we're going to get him into our big sister, big brother program. But understanding that when he, this person, child goes home, they're back in that reality that they live in where they're around drugs, they're around violence. And when it comes to employment, when it comes to work, they are going to do and gravitate to what they see. And so if this is what they see at, in their homes, in their communities, yes, this problem will continue on of gun violence, of, of young black men continuously killing other black men and innocent people getting harmed. We need to address this issue on, at the root micro level. Um, and again, it takes it takes it's going to take a lot of resources, a lot of of different stakeholders, people coming together to address this issue. Uh, we also need to make sure that we're also doing our due diligence and inviting some of these people in these communities, these young men, uh, these people that have been formerly incarcerated, that have spent. Uh, time in jail for similar crimes, we need to be able to reach them and have them come to the table to explain to the community, to elected officials, um, really um, their side of the story and what their needs are so we can um, effectively um, address the problem where um, it needs to be addressed at. So do you think uh, gun violence has increased or decreased since four years ago? Uh, I believe according to the numbers has increased. Um, so okay. violent, I know for a fact that violent crimes um, has rose 21% um, since 2020. And um, shootings that resulted in injury um, of people are up 110%. So the numbers are very high. It doesn't seem like things are slowing down. Um, I believe last year or end of 2019, um, 2020, we had a short period of time where gun violence um, or gun shootings had went down. But, again, um, those numbers have since then shot back up. Okay. So other than gun violence, which, you know, you pick up the newspaper and, and you hear it on the news, what other pressing issues are there in the Seventh Ward? Well, for the Seventh Ward, uh, you know, the issues that I've been speaking about um, still, again, holds true in regards to uh, trying to advocate and fight for more affordable housing. Uh, within our ward, 
um, in our neighborhoods, uh, but also expanding the programs uh, for home ownership to create and build stronger communities. Uh, but recently, um, and I've been loving these conversations that I've been having, uh, has been um, about transportation. Um, so as you may know, um, because you live right there on South, over on South Swan, um, mm-hmm. because of the changes due to the uh, Lincoln Park Master Plan as well as the uh, sewer treatment facility on uh, Park Avenue, uh, a lot of traffic has, excuse me, the traffic patterns over there has changed. Um, so what was once a one-way has now turned to a partial two-way. Um, there's been signs uh, placed in certain areas that has left residents confused and um, asking a lot of questions if this is something that's going to be long-term, short-term, and also inquiring about why was it neighbors and residents who live over in the Hudson Park neighborhood um, notified about these changes to the traffic. Um, so uh, in addition to what's happening over there, and that part of the ward, uh, the other concerns are still in regards to transportation-related issues, whether it's uh, speeding over on Sandwicks or certain areas or being able to um, add in a four-way traffic stop over by um, View and Avondale, um, right there behind the elbow room. So, there's some transportation-related issues that have come up recently um, that I'm working with uh, some residents to continue to identify what areas in our ward um, needs improvement, uh, but also within the seventh ward, uh, we also need to start discussing issues about and what it is what resources um, as a ward um, are we looking for to be placed into our back into our ward? Um, so as the city continues to talk about equity and investing in communities, uh, we, um, the seventh ward, need to organize and um, figure out exactly what our goals are, uh, what our needs are and start to work towards that so when the time comes, we can address them in a efficient manner. Um, <clears throat> yeah, those those would be some of the things. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry I cut you off. As you know, no, I good. live right by I live right by Lincoln Park, and for years, um, not much was done with Lincoln Park, and I felt it was underutilized. And all of a sudden, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. And can you explain exactly what's happening? Um, so, yeah, um, as, you, as you mentioned, um, and many residents, um, not only in the seventh ward, but throughout the city of Albany, um, I think we all can acknowledge that over the years, Lincoln Park has been underutilized and it can serve more of a purpose uh, to our neighborhood, but also 
um, as an uh, amenity to other residents and people coming into the city of Albany. And so the Lincoln Park Master Plan is something that um, has been in the works for several years now, but the focus now is to try to create um, Lincoln Park to be a place of attraction. Um, so um, over the last year or so, um, groups and the city of Albany have been having workshops to not only um, design their thoughts of the park, but also uh, figuring out what other community needs uh, can be placed in the park uh, to assist uh, with events in the future. Um, as you may have heard, there's talks of adding an amphitheater inside the park to right. increase uh, um, events that can happen indoor. Um, over the last couple, I think since last year, I think we've been having Juneteenth celebrations at Lincoln Park. Uh, so being able to have a place to do things indoors, um, updating the facility at the pool house um, as the city also looks into design options and um, ideas for the uh, Lincoln Park pool. Um, so those are the things that's happening over there. The timeline for things, um, it's going to be a while, I believe, like all in all, the completion uh, for everything is 2023, uh, I believe sometime in the summertime, I believe. So we have about two years of construction happening over in our ward. Uh, that is going to definitely change uh, our ward moving forward. So um, that's one of the things that I've been on top of, been going to the meetings over the last couple of years, participated in the workshops, and I'm looking forward to um, continuing to work on this to make sure that people are aware of what's going on. I, I've lived right here since uh, 2009, and, you know, I know that over the years, um, Lincoln Park, as, as I said, has been underutilized. Has been all of a sudden there's all these initiatives to revitalize the park. Have you any idea? Um, well, just from my personal experience of some of the things that I've worked on in the past uh, pertaining to, again, the City of Albany's master plan, um, within their master plan, there's breakdowns uh, for neighborhoods to get improvement. So as I mentioned earlier, earlier, the mayor and other elected officials have been talking about equity, 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 and Part of that is investing into our parks, our green space. And so Lincoln Park is one of those uh, places within our ward uh, where the city is looking to invest and put in equity um, into. And so I would always encourage and have been um, telling people uh, for a while now that we need to uh, invest time into looking to the City of Albany's comprehensive plan, the master plan, uh, to be able to understand the direction that the City of Albany has for either your neighborhood or the city as a whole. I see. So we only have a couple of weeks to go before the primaries. 
Do you still have a lot to do? Um, a lot of it's, you know, follow-up work. You know, I've, I've hit each um, area uh, quite a few times. I've sent out some mailers to people. And, you know, as mm-hmm. you may know, um, there's a debate on this coming Thursday with the Delaware Neighborhood Association and the okay. League of Women Voters. And so uh, for the most part, it's preparing uh, for the debate right before primary day and, you know, mm-hmm. having a strong get out the vote uh, over the next uh, week and a half to two weeks. Great. So it's it, it's pretty difficult being a candidate. Anybody who criticizes politics that has never been a candidate has no idea what it means, right, Sergio? No, you know, and it's definitely truly a learning experience. I would say that. Um, it's a 24-7 job, and it requires a lot of patience, um, a strong commitment, as well mm-hmm. as uh, mental fortitude. Right. So, um, so you know, I so, always encourage people yeah. to run and get involved, uh, but, you know, it's definitely not for everyone. Now, you know, we talked about gun violence at the beginning, and then we talked about Lincoln Park. And if you were to privatize, I'm sorry, prioritize issues, what's the first issue you think is important? Um, It goes back to what, you know, what we came on here to talk about today, which is the gun violence. Again, until we are able to get a hand on this gun violence happening in the city of Albany, uh, the quality of life uh, for everyone else is going to uh, continue to diminish. Uh, Gun violence does not impact just one person. It impacts the whole community and the city. Um, And we've seen that uh, firsthand uh, a couple weeks ago with the uh, owner of the store over on Quail Street uh, who was shot and passed away and how his passing away uh, just just created ripples throughout the neighborhood of people, you know, sharing stories about him, uh, talking about him and his family. Um, So we really need to get a handle of this. Uh, We need to make sure that we are also looking at this gun violence on a state level uh, there's a lot of legislation out uh, currently being discussed um, that will actually have an impact and could help towards this problem. Uh, so as we talk about bail reform and um, addressing bail reform and fixing those loopholes within uh, bail mm-hmm. reform, but also addressing the parole legislation um, and making sure that that legislation is um, thoroughly looked at before it's approved. Uh, we also need to address and look at the legislation. I believe it's the Clean Slate Act uh, that will allow uh, the discrimination of many black people in these neighborhoods uh, to now have access back to housing, uh, back to government programs and assistance. Uh, so we need to 
we need to make sure that those um, that that legislation, any of those legislations that are coming out, um, are thoroughly looked at. Because again, if done correctly, this would uh, be a tremendous help um, and can actually change the mindset of how people are looking at government. So how how large is your district? Where does the where what's the areas that uh your district is in? Uh, so the seventh ward uh, consists of the Hudson Park neighborhood. Um uh, so you have the area over on Delaware, Elm, Irving Park, the top part of Martin Avenue, um South Swan Street, um, as well as the Side streets going down Delaware, Oneida, Avondale, uh, continuing to go down Delaware, hitting all the side streets, Summit Avenue, uh, Jeanette Street, Sandwich, Bertha, um, continuing to go down, um, covering the top part of 2nd Avenue. You have the Whitehall neighborhood area, as well as the Tenike and um, Hackett, Highland Avenue, and Margaret uh, Grove Academy. Uh, so uh-huh. we have the ward is pretty big, but it also has a lot of um, institutions that take up a lot of space, Albany Law, Sage College, the hospitals. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we have a great ward. We have a diverse ward. We have a ward that is ready for change, uh, and that needs a council person that's ready to come in and um, lead. So I uh, just want to encourage everybody to take advantage of early voting, which starts June 12th, which is this weekend. And okay. early voting early voting ends uh, June 20th. So a um, week of, okay. a whole week of to get out and vote. And if um, people are unsure of their voting location, you can always check and get your voting location, um, pretty simple. Also, just to mention before we wrap up, mm-hmm. this week will be another great week because uh, just as I said on Thursday, um, I will be having a meet the candidates uh, at the Elbow Room on Friday evening from 5 to 7. So um, you're personally invited, Cynthia. Um, Anyone that's listening, if you hear this by Friday, um, you're also personally invited. Um, Drinks, food provided. So uh, just another opportunity to speak with neighbors and um, get everyone excited for this primary day. Thanks. Uh, So one last thing. uh, if people are listening and they want to contribute or volunteer for your campaign, how could they do so? Yes, um, thank you for asking. And uh, we definitely need uh, donations. The more, the better. Uh, we really want to run a very strong Get Out to Vote campaign. And so if you would like to donate, you can go to my website, www.sergio, S-E-R-G-I-O, the number four council.com and on my website there's a link for act blue uh, for people to donate 
while on the website. Um, I also have a page of resources that people can check into. And, of course, there's more information about myself on there. Thank you, Sergio. You've been listening to Sergio Adams, who's a candidate for Common Council in the 7th District. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Sergio, good luck. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great Thank you, Cynthia.